everyone it is saturday the 7th of january 2023 and happy new year to everyone from andy and diego hello everyone hope you all had nice festivities and uh happy new year waits you as well in this episode we're gonna have a quick chat and talk to you guys about some exciting new changes that are coming in 2023 um but before we get into that how was your Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, Diego? All right. Thanks for asking. I, I think it was a very much a traditional Christmas for us, family and then friends at the New Year's Eve. There were obviously lots of duties and preparations to do, lots of work for me also as well. But we had a nice time and we are pretty much covered in snow by now. So we also kicked off the cross-country skiing season during these days i don't know have you ever tried cross-country skiing i've never tried any activity with the snow except throwing snowballs all right okay well this is also new for me despite having lived here for many years but i started last year and i'm still very much a beginner but uh, i think it's great it feels very a very natural kind of sport you're just essentially walking or gliding through the tracks inside a forest or something like that so you can admire admire the scenery it's kind of relaxing and at the same time it's a good physical activity so i'm looking forward to to doing a lot more of it this year what what is a traditional finnish uh supper or not supper lunch and uh, they call it or dinner depending on which part of England you come from. In Finland, do you celebrate in the morning of Christmas or in the evening? Do you have a big meal? We know in Italy you do it the the night before, isn't it? Yeah, and here too, you celebrate the evening before. So you also open the presents on the evening before. You go to the church. Uh, Any traditional dishes in Finland? Yes, of course, there's traditional meals. I think that the most common one is oven baked ham with peas and potatoes obviously there is various um, different vegetable casseroles parsnip or turnips casserole then potato casserole carrot casserole beetroot casseroles and uh, then of course there's fish like salmon or salmon trout as well as many desserts probably but usually i get italian panettone or pandoro instead so that at least we have a little bit of italy as well to the christmas table that's pretty cool what about you in the uk so we don't really do a traditional um dinner we just eat what we want when we want so when the kids um so we have the kids and um we, we had some uh, traditional sushi and uh, some Chinese stuff that they love because they actually really like it. So there's some like uh, steamed buns, some gyoza and uh, 
some other Chinese food that it's not really traditional to England at all, but it's what they like. Can you get good gyoza over there? Yeah, we get ajinomoto, ajimoto gyoza or something, I think like that, uh, which are the traditional Japanese ones that I used to buy in Japan as well, the vegetable base, and they're pretty good. I, I think I've tried gyoza a few times here also in Finland. We had a very, very good Japanese restaurant, which unfortunately now it's closed, but uh, they were they were really great. And I, I wonder where you could get them also... I think it's a little bit too difficult to make them at home, probably. probably but Yeah. So you can get them here in Asian supermarkets. All right. Do you not, do you not have any Asian supermarkets? Oh, definitely. I recently tried to cook some Korean Tiongguk soup. God, what is that? I think it's made basically with rice cakes, which uh, aren't really cakes, but they are essentially... Mm, kind of circular slices made of rice flour. And uh, then the soup is a very umami broth with the different ingredients, not always the same, but the ones I used was mushrooms, seaweeds, and uh, eggs as well. I think it was okay, but probably the I didn't cook the rice cakes properly. They were <laughs> a little bit too chewy. And uh, I don't think that's what they were supposed to be. <laughs> no, no. Maybe I should have cooked them a little bit more. You were saying that there wasn't like a, you got panettone and pandora, which are traditionally Italian, but is there a, tr a traditional Finnish dessert or cake? Yes, there's, a, for example, a rice pudding made with milk that you eat together with some kisel. I don't know if you know the word. No, what, what is kisel? It looks like a soup. But it is uh, sweet and uh, kind of thick. It's a little bit solid because I think there's starch or something similar inside. But essentially, in this sweet soup, you can put any kind of uh, fruits, usually dried fruits. There are lots of varieties, but the Christmas variety is more with plums and apricots and dried apples, for example. Okay. So you, you eat it together with the, the rice pudding and uh, season it with cinnamon. That's possibly the Christmas spice in Finland. So got lots of different sweets using cinnamon. That sounds really, really good. I wish I could try it one day. I can give you the recipe. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> That's a super. And what about New Year's Eve? Do you celebrate that in Finland? Is that something that is a traditional, perhaps a traditional meal and event or custom? Not a meal as such, but I think it's pretty normal here to see friends and uh, shoot some fireworks if you want. Okay. As for us, we usually have friends that we like to see every every New Year's Eve. So we try to keep that tradition of our own family. That's cool. What have you been up to? Uh, nothing particular, to be honest. Uh, so I had some unfortunate circumstances this year, so we didn't really celebrate as much in the New Year's Eve. So we were indoors and just watched some telly, really. <laughs> and that was it. Okay. Did you do anything game-related or hardware-related in this holiday? Well, we, we've got a switch for for Christmas for the kids and the family really and we've been playing a little bit of that 
It was quite nice, and uh, we played that game that you suggested, Overcooked. Ah, oh, that's one of my favorite. So, yeah, it is very hard, that game, like really hard. The problem is I take it very seriously, right? So I'm the one, oh, move over there, bring me the carrots. And the kids just don't don't care for that kind of gameplay. They just want to mess around and set the kitchen on fire and bump <laughs> themselves around. They're just laughing all the way. They're having fun, but, you know, and I just get very annoyed. <laughs> uh, when I played it with my kids, um, I think the atmosphere was just fantastic because it's kind of a frantic game. It uh, is. Well, first of all, you must play that game in multiplayer. I think it's possible to play solo, but doesn't make much sense in my opinion. You have to be the more the merrier. I think four is the maximum, but uh, you can play online also. But I think the best way is just play with friends or your kids in the same room. And for us, it always turns in, into shouting at each other. Yeah. Uh, instructions like throw me a, a, a loaf of bread no why is the rice hasn't cooked yet or something like that and we are really shouting to each other as uh, the prototypical kitchen that you see in in movies no well there are yeah, cooks and helpers uh, shouting to each other all the time and pretty much that's what we turn into when we play that game. But it's it's lovely and it's lots of fun, really. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think Overcooked 1 was on offer on the Switch for £1.79. So it was very, very cheap. So I thought, well, why not get that? So we tried that. We tried the Overcooked 2, but we haven't done much of that. And then Mario Odyssey. So that that's my, my hardware um, stuff covered. I don't think I've got much else. A couple of parts have come for the... For the GameCube mod, mod kind of mod with a Pico boot, so it's just some thermal pads to replace the thermal paste on the heat sink for the processor, and uh, a little bracket to hold the Pico boot there. It's sold by Z Z Labs, and they have all these little parts. And so now the only thing I'm missing is my wheel and my soldering to fit this little Pico boot inside the GameCube and and, and test that. I didn't do much else. What about yourself? Not so much playing, except uh, going a little bit more forward with Riley Witch Chronicles, but still not finished. I've been trying to revive an old tablet that we have, which hardware-wise is still totally fine, but it it's become bloated and slow. And uh, I, I really hate throwing away stuff that still works. So... But, but before wiping or like restoring factory settings, I just trying to clean up, remove unused apps and everything. And now it's a more usable state. I think that I just want to turn it into a simple ebook reader, for example. Okay, cool. Yeah. To read read books in bed in digital format. Uh, it helps that I'm a fan of old books, so many of them are actually public domain by now. So I like reading stuff, for example, for the 19th century. Oh, like a historian. <laughs> yeah. No, well, now I'm, I have this little collection of uh, Lovecraft scary stories. Ooh. Most of them are public domain because it's been a very long time since the death of the author. So they're even free. You can easily find them on, uh, on the web. Cool. I am only a little bit concerned about the fact that, well, you know, it's not perhaps the best thing to do in 
reading in bed with the backlight on, maybe it might negatively affect my sleep or something like that. But otherwise, I like the idea that in one device that it's more or less as big as a book, you can actually have thousands of books at your fingertips. Yeah. I really like that idea. So. The idea is really cool. And the other thing, I'm trying to figure out how to use it as a music aid. Okay. Like, obviously, you can, for example, get uh, music scores in digital format. And uh, because this is so light, you can easily place it on a, on a stand. And uh, it's very light, and you, you can just browse it by touching the screen and changing to the next page. But also, I think I'm, I want to load more apps that are related to music and turn that tablet into really a music aid. So not sure how this could be of interest to you, but I've been testing a small bunch of ear training apps. Okay, what's that? I don't know. Well, just apps that let you develop a better ability to recognize things like chords, scales by ear. Mm. Well, even single notes, but that's very difficult. That's what is called perfect pitch, the ability to hear a note and say, okay, that's a middle C, for example. That's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. But um, when you try to identify something relative to itself rather than absolute, such as an interval or a chord, that's more doable. Although for me, it's still very, very difficult. But that's a very, I find a very good one. Uh, if, if anyone listening is interested in that kind of ear training apps, there is one called the Ear Gym, which it actually happens to be so far completely free. There is no f premium version or anything like that. And there aren't even ads. So it's, it's really, really nice. And it has all these sort of exercises for hearing, for reading, if you are interested in learning to sight read from a score, for example. It has theory exercises, even singing exercises, if you want. So it's pretty good and versatile. And, uh, and I, I can heartily recommend if someone is into this sort of self-training for for musical reasons yeah i think the most the most i've used my ipad for was with a theme with a um, app with an app that's called uh, smeggle or something like that so you basically it's like a piano app and you and you and you have to press certain parts of the screen to in sync with the notes to make the song work that's about that's as much as my music knowledge goes on the ipad Okay, so for all the listeners, we have some important news and also some probably good news. So New Game of Flame is changing the format a little bit as we have announced in the past. Now we're going to actually start this in the new year in 2023. So Diego, do you want to start explaining what the change of format is going to be like? Yes, yeah, sure. Well, very simply, we've been thinking about differentiating the episodes into different types. We'll try to have the regular episodes to cover more games in each one. And uh, then we'll still have book club style episodes like before. So focusing each episode on one single game. But this will be a less frequent type of episodes. Yeah. And then we really hope to 
kick off also with some special episodes that will be more generally a discussion around a specific theme and not necessarily only covering new retro games but also other types of games i think that that makes complete sense as well because we have we said we were going to make some special episodes but we didn't really have much time because we had to play the games for every book club kind of episode that we have done up to now so that will allow us to have a bit more time as well definitely but there's there's lots of thinking behind these changes i think andy you can explain these better than me the first reason is because uh, the initially when we started new game of flame we thought oh we're out of games really quickly because there's not as many well boy were we wrong there are so many games so many of them that is like an avalanche and new ones come out on a daily basis and it's really hard to keep up and we find ourselves also playing some older games that have been released maybe i don't know five ten years ago as well and maybe they're not bleeding edge so i thought you know it would be nice to play also something a bit more modern and catch up on the backlog and maybe doing this will allow us to cover more games and maybe catch up and, and cover all the ones we have on our enormous enormous excel sheet i think that we we can uh, openly say that we did, in fact, have a backlog of games that we had decided to cover even before we started recording episodes for this podcast. And as you said, we we thought that we could cover our list and we were even worried not to have enough to talk about, enough game to talk about. But there has been a, a huge increase last year also of new releases that totally made our backlog obsolete very quickly. Yeah, and also our plan initially was to cover all the platforms in a round robin and then go basically start from the beginning. Uh, but we haven't even finished one first round in, in the first year. So just to corroborate the, the choice we made, so this will allow us probably to go around and, and cover more platforms, let's say, hopefully. Also, it will give us more time to play games. So for the book clubs, we always find, found ourselves a bit in a rush and getting contributions in was a bit hard because the time scales were too tight. So by diluting the book club episodes, they'll be more qualitative, I guess, and then more people will have time to actually invest into getting into the game that we're going to play. I think that it's very important also that we can gather the opinion from from you who are listening to the podcast and this has always been a problem because there is too short time before we reveal what the next game is going to be and when we are supposed to record for it so there hasn't been much time to get much much feedback from you so hopefully there will be now yeah i think as well like we will be able to differentiate the content better having less book club episodes as well on another note i think we also want to grow the crew we we simply want to have more people in the discussions so we are looking for expanding the core team so to speak and we found that there is also pretty many developers who would like to to talk and participate so we can invite more of them 
also in regular episodes, not necessarily on book club episodes when we talk about their specific game. We will actually invite them to any episode that we're doing, as long as it's not a special or something where it's not relevant, but you know what I mean. So if we're in a normal episode, we will invite them. If we're in a book club episode, we will also invite them. But there's plenty of people reaching out to us now on Twitter, which is quite quite unexpected. So we will be in touch and we will, yeah, definitely get you in the podcast. So if you are also a developer, please reach out to us on Twitter or Discord or by email. I think, again, also we want to increase the interaction with the listeners. And it's been very hard at this stage because of how busy we have been preparing and playing the games for the book club as well. So... We will introduce polls as well for the book lab episodes. Not always, but uh, we'll find a formula that works and uh, you guys, the listeners, can decide what we play. Uh, we will have high score challenges with some giveaways. So I hope that this will make a New Game of Flame a place where everyone wants to be and, and a podcast everyone wants to listen to. So let's hope that you will appreciate these changes and for the time being, well, just have a nice end of holidays if you still have some left. And Happy New Year altogether, hopefully with lots of retro gaming ahead. Yeah, Happy New Year to you all. Just remember, if you want to write to us, don't forget, write to us at Game at New Game Old Flame or click on the link in the website to join our Discord server and you can write to us there as well. As always, thanks for listening. And see you in the next episode.